You are listening to the Bristow Advent Christian Church Podcast. Visit us on the web at bristowacc.net. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you here this morning in the house of the Lord. Stacy, could you turn one of them lights up there? There you go. Thank you, sir. One quick announcement before I get started here. Uh, remember the directories back there to look at and double check and make sure everything's on there that's supposed to be. If you have not filled out a page for the directory, please do so. Uh, that'll be going to get printed here before too long. So if you haven't got, got yours on there or went back to double check to make sure yours is correct, so go back there in the big big room or directly back there from here and check that out and make sure everything is on the up and up or fill one out if you haven't. Oh, it's a beautiful day that the Lord has blessed us with today. Uh, come Wednesday, supposed to get a cold front. Uh, it's, it's legit, too. It, yeah, 86 degrees. And like five days after that, it's still not supposed to be like 90. So this could be a, a season-changing cold front that we get here. But I, I'm pretty sure we'll get a little few more hot days mixed in there. But praise the Lord for cold fronts. Oh, it's good to be with you this morning. Good to see you back. <laughs> And let me echo what uh, so many have said. That thing is legit. I've, I had it coming back out of camp, and it was last Thursday before I started feeling like I wasn't completely exhausted. So, woo, it's hard. But it's good to be here with you. Good to see a bunch of you back this week. We've still got several that are down and out, so let's remember them in prayer as well. It is a beautiful day that the Lord has blessed us with today, and a beautiful day to be with you here in the house of the Lord. We're going to start a new series this week on, uh, today on prayer. It'll be a three, uh, probably three-part series, maybe four. We'll see if the Lord leads us any further than that. But I know for sure we'll have three-part series entitled, Can You Hear Me Now? You remember those Verizon commercials back in the day with, uh, I can't remember that guy's name, but it, it was a popular ad that they had everywhere he went. You know, it, he was, that was his catchphrase, Can You Hear Me Now? So we're going to have that three-part that'll start today, can you hear me now? The scripture today will come from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. If you want to go ahead and turn to that this morning. Good job, Eddie. Way to step up. There again, let me thank you for those who are stepping up, Dreamer, and everybody that's stepping up and, and getting involved and stuff. That, that does my heart good. Uh, as always, I'm thankful and blessed for the opportunity that God has given me to share His Word with you today. I'm thankful for His love and His amazing grace. Thankful for His, uh, His care and His keeping in us. I'm thankful for, for each and every one of you and thankful to see each and every one of you today. You, you guys clean up well. Come in here looking good with bright, bright smiley faces and it, it does my heart good to see you. Tina? You know how when the teacher doesn't look, is looking out there and you don't make eye contact? You made eye contact right off the bat. Where else would you be than right here right now? All right. And Joe, who's the guy that's been? We do? Nobody. Nobody. All right. Can you hear me now? Start of a three-part series today. Statistics show that almost everybody prays. You know, when the chips are down or things are up or backs up against the wall, there are times that even when people who don't, come to church and don't live a good Christian life, they always are praying when something like that happens. Statistics show that everybody at some point in time probably prays in their lives. But do you ever wonder if your prayers really reach God's ears? Do you sometimes feel like, like you've got a, got a bad connection? 
Like you're just not getting through. If you have questions about prayer, then, then uh, you're not alone. You're not alone on that. And this sermon series that, that we start today, prayerfully, did you get that? Prayerfully will help us to deepen our prayer lives, to, to enrich our prayer lives, and to strengthen our prayer lives. One of, the, one of the greatest gifts God has given us is the opportunity to pray. I believe that with all my heart. At, at any point in time, at any point in time, God has given us an opportunity to have audience with the Almighty. And it's one of the great gifts, and it's one of the things I know in my own life that, that I don't take a full advantage of. And that's something that God has convicted me of, to be a be more, more prayerful person. And as we go through this series, again, help, hopefully it'll help us to deepen and enrich and strengthen our prayer lives. Now, there are three points that we're going to look at today from our text today that Jesus teaches his disciples and teaches us about prayer in Luke chapter, one, verse, chapter 11, verse 1 through 13. We'll stick your finger there and we'll get to reading that in just a minute. But three things he teaches us from this passage. Jesus teaches us, number one, a pattern. A pattern. And Jesus teaches us point number two for today. He gives us a parable. And Jesus teaches us point number three. And the last for today, he gives us a promise. So, back in the day, like I said before, just a few years back, or it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. When you look at, at where, the, where cell phones have come since the days where you carried that brick around in a bag to where you got it now, it wasn't that long ago. But maybe five, maybe ten, I'm not sure if it's even that far back, a few years back, before the wireless companies put towers everywhere, there was a lot. And I mean a lot of places where the reception for your cell phone was really poor. Cell phone reception was laughable in certain places. It wasn't that long ago, five, eight, ten years ago. Usually at my house, we are on top of a hill. And you would think we would have had great reception there, but if my phone rang and I was in the house, I've been known to have to go to the other side of the house to, to take a call or go outside on the front porch to take a call because I couldn't go to the back porch because I knew I couldn't get, I drop the call there. If I sat down on the front porch, it would drop the call. If I tilted my head the wrong way, it would drop the call. So cell phone coverage was kind of laughable back in those days because you never knew what you was going to get. Felt kind of like that Verizon guy from those old school commercials that walked around saying, can you hear me now? Back in the day when I was with Pepsi, I had served the Cushing Supercenter over there, and Tamara's not here. I don't know if it's any better or not. Some of you may know it. You may shop over there. But that whole store had no cell reception. It's rare these days that you have something like that, which was kind of good and kind of, kind of not good as well because if I had no cell reception, my bosses could not get a hold of me. That was the good part. The bad part is this. If they couldn't get a hold of me, they couldn't say, hey, we're bringing company over there to visit your store. So they come walking in just a smiling, and it was a shock to me. That whole store didn't have any reception for where it was built. Surely it's better than that now. There are still some places where the reception is really not so good. If you live in an area that's distant from a cell tower, you know exactly that feeling. If you've ever looked toward heaven and felt like your prayers weren't getting any higher than the ceiling, you also may know that feeling. Statistics show this. They show that almost everybody prays, but do you ever wonder if our prayers really reach God's ears? 
Do you sometimes feel like we've got a bad connection? Do, do you feel like the reception is just not as strong as it should be? There's that question again. Do you ever feel like, God, can you hear me now? Does God really answer our prayers? And if He did, how would we know that? If you've got questions about prayer, you're not alone. Let me introduce you to some other guys that have a question about prayer today. If you go ahead and stand, read Luke, we'll read Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13 this morning. I've discovered I've got a secret pocket here in my book, in my jacket. I keep my glasses in now. All right. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive our sins. For, also forgive every, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet of his persistence he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks, and him, to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, and thank you for, Lord, the red letters that we see in front of us today. And Lord, the, the message of Jesus and the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray, Father. I pray, Father, that you will instill that fire and that desire, Father, in our hearts to be more prayerful people. Lord, help us to, to, to be more, uh, more people of prayer, Father. Lord, we know, and we are reminded time and time again, Lord, that you answer prayer. Lord, we're reminded time and time again that prayer works. We're reminded time and time again, Lord, that in the process of prayer, Lord, you draw us unto you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to, Lord, make it a priority in our lives, to begin our day, to end our day, and have the middle of the day, Lord, bathed in prayer. Lord, thank you for these people and thank you for their lives, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit would have its way within your word today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have its way within its will for our lives, Father. Thank you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, from our text today, we see that over and over and over again, uh, Peter and the other disciples had watched Jesus as he took time to withdraw. The Bible says that he withdrew to a secluded place time and time again to pray. And they had seen the peace that, that, that Jesus displayed in the aftermath. Anytime he was troubled, he'd run off and pray. He'd get up in the morning, he'd go off and pray. Every time he came back, there's something different about Jesus. And they noticed that. They may have been uncertain what made Christ's face seem to glow. But one thing was for certain, what he had, they wanted. And one of them 
probably my man Peter, because you know how Peter is. He assumed the role of spokesman for the, for the disciples, and he asked in this in, in chapter 1, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And Jesus does just that. And in teaching them to pray, again, we come to point number one today. The first thing Jesus does is that he gives them a pattern. The first thing Jesus teaches his disciples and us from our text today is this. Jesus gives us a pattern. This pattern has come to be known as the Lord's Prayer. It's brief enough to write on a napkin or memorize in a moment, yet it is solid enough to weather 2,000 years of storms and 2,000 years of questions. The Lord's Prayer has been a model prayer for followers of Jesus for generation after generation after generation. In fact, there's a story about a father. He was, he was uh, getting on to his son one day about not going to church more often. You know, as any good father should, you need to have, to have yourself in church, boy. He was getting on him for not being in church enough, and he, he was talking to him. He said, you probably don't even know the, Lord, the Lord's Prayer, boy. And the, the young man shouted back sarcastically, oh, yes, I do. He, he said that triumphantly as he stood up. And he said, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. So the father sat there for a minute. His mouth kind of flew open. He stammered for a little bit. And the surprised father said, son, I am so sorry. I had no idea that you knew it. guys wake up you know that's not the lord's prayer but this is our father in heaven hallowed and holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one in Luke 11, 2 through 4. This prayer is the pattern that Jesus gives his disciples. And this prayer is the pattern that Jesus gives us. If you were born in the, in the, the late 60s or the early 70s, you realize that back on Casey Kasem's Top 40, there was a nun who recorded this song, and it rose to number one in the nation back then. I can't remember her name. I did that one time. As a, I should have looked that up, but it just came to mind. There are two basic parts to this pattern that Jesus gives you that we call the Lord's Prayer. Number one, there is praise. And number two, there is petition. And Jesus starts off by praising God and praising God's holy name and praising God's heavenly place. And let me tell you something, we would do well to start our prayers the same way. We would do well to start our prayers the same way for praising God for all He is and all that we can imagine. Because sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget who exactly we're talking to. We have audience again with the Almighty. Sometimes we forget just who God is. And sometimes we get a little bit forgetful just who we are. It's like this. I've got three granddaughters. I love my granddaughters to death. With every, just about everything with me, if they ask me anything, it is usually yes and amen. Huh? I'm the fun, I'm one of those fun papas, Joe. I like to do things with them. I let them just have a run amuck a little bit out there. But but sometimes, sometimes in my funness, sometimes my granddaughters get a little sassy. Yeah, sometimes they do, Joe. 
Sometimes they get a little sassy and sometimes they talk to me a little disrespectfully. And if that ever happens, I stand there and I look at them and I'm straight now and I go, listen here, who are you talking to? And suddenly they perk up a little bit. Oh, I'm talking to you, Papa. And I always tell them this, baby, you better remember who you're talking to. There's a side to Papa that you do not ever want to see. Yeah. Sometimes we forget who we're talking to as well. At any moment of your day, no matter what you're going through, no matter how much strife, no matter how much strain, no matter how much your day is blessed, you have the opportunity to come into audience with the Almighty, the Creator of everything. Sometimes we forget who we're talking to. And that's why Jesus starts off here with, with not just going to the Lord, can you do this, Lord, can you do that? He starts off right here with praise. He starts off with praise. We would do well to start our prayers the same way. Before we start making requests, before we start making appeals, take a moment to acknowledge just how awesome God really is. He is holy. He, he is mighty and He is amazing. Yet... He chooses to call Himself our Father. When David reflected on that fact, he wrote this in Psalms 8, 1-4. through 4, He says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. You have set glory in the heavens. Did anybody see that full moon this past week? Oh my word. You have set glory in the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? What, is, what are human beings that you care for them? And even if you want to make it a more personal thing, what am I, Lord, that you even give me the time of day? Nothing. I mean, nothing prepares our hearts for prayer more than the awareness of the majesty and the magnificence of the one to whom we're praying to. Take time. Make time to praise God and thank Him and give Him the honor, give Him the glory that He deserves every time we pray. And then, then you can slide into the second part. The second part of the pattern, which is petitions. Ask God for your daily needs. Ask Him for forgiveness when you mess up. Ask Him to fill you with His Spirit. Ask Him to help you avoid temptation. Ask Him to change your heart and heal your wounds. Ask Him the petitions of your brothers and sisters. We're usually good at asking God for things. But sometimes we're not persistent enough. And, and on that note, the next thing, point number two that we're going to look at today, Jesus does. He teaches us how to pray. He gives us a parable. The second thing that Jesus teaches us today is a parable. You'll notice in the pattern that Jesus gave us, he taught us to pray for our daily bread. He said, pray for this daily, day by day. Now, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. He wants us to keep coming back. And he tells us a parable that paints a picture of persistence. That is difficult to say if you do it fast. A parable that paints a picture of persistence. And this is what Jesus says. He says, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I've got no food to feed him. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked. 
My children are, and I are already in bed, and I can't give up and give you anything. And I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your persistence, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need in Luke chapter 11, verse 5 through 8. Now this reminds me of a story that Paul Harvey told back, on the, back in the day, back when Paul Harvey had a, that radio thing. That was a wonderful radio show back then. He told a story about a three-year-old boy that went to the grocery store with his mother. And some of you mothers can pertain to this. She got to the grocery store, and before they went in, she, said, she got him out of the car, and she looked, got down on her knee and looked him in the eyes and said, now you're not going to get any cookies, so don't even ask. So she put him in the cart. They roll it in the store. He sits in the little, sits in the little child's seat there while she wheeled down the aisles, and he was doing great. He was doing just fine until they turned and headed down the cookie aisle. What kind of mother would do that to her child to begin with? So you can't have them unless go right down the middle of that. But that's not the story. He did great until they started down the cookie aisle, and he stood up on his seat when he saw the chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. He said, Mom, can I have some of those chocolate chip cookies? And she said this, she said, I told you not to even ask. You're not getting any cookies. So we sat back down. They continued down the aisle, but in their search for the rest of her shopping needs there, she came to cross an end cap. And let me tell you something, those are strategically placed there. Take it from me. There was an end cap there with a display of Chips Ahoy. So he said, Mom, can I please have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you, you can't have any cookies. Now sit down and be quiet. Finally, she'd got all of her shopping together. They were heading to the checkout lane. And the little boy, since this may be my last chance, desperation is starting to set in here. He, he got to the line and she stood there behind some folks and he stood up on the seat of the, of the cart and shouted in his, loudest vo- in his loudest voice, in the name of Jesus, may I please have some chocolate chip cookies? Everybody in the store stopped. Everybody in the store laughed. Everybody in the store clapped. And due to the generosity of those people in the store, the little boy and his mother left with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies after that trip to the... It just goes to show you, the Lord will bless some 5, some 20, some 50%. Now that's what persistence will do for you. Now, the point of the parable is, isn't this, isn't that God wants you to annoy him with our incessant appeals. Rather, God wants prayer to become second nature for us. So that we can hardly go a minute without it. Paul puts it this way in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 in the New Language edition. He says this, don't stop praying. Never stop praying. That's what the message of the parable is. And that's why Jesus goes on to give us point number three today. Jesus, the third thing Jesus gives us today is a promise about prayer. In teaching his followers how to pray, Jesus first gives us, again, number one, a pattern. Number two, he gives us a parable. And number three, he gives us a promise. Here's here's the promise. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, So I say to you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, And you will find, keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. Now here, within this passage here, Jesus promises that if we keep asking, if we keep searching, if we keep knocking, we will find the answer to our prayers. The problem is that sometimes we don't recognize the answer 
when we find it. We're like the woman who was rushing home from a doctor's appointment after having quite an ordeal at the doctor's office. She was running behind schedule. She still had to pick up prescription that the doctor had called in. She had to pick up the kids from school, run and get the baby from the babysitter, and get home and make dinner all in time to make it to the prayer meeting at her church that was coming up that evening. So, as she enters the parking lot, as she circles around Walmart there, uh, looking for a space, it starts to pour down the rain. The woman's weary from her day. She sighs and she prays, Lord, you know what kind of day I've had. And there's an awful lot that I still got to get done. Could you please grant me a parking space close to the building so I don't get soaked? She hadn't even finished her prayer when the taillights of a car began to back out of the best place in the parking lot. That one spot that's close to the door, that one spot where you can jump out there, it's, it's, and she, straight in front of the front door, she could jump out, run in there, and not get wet. She made straight for it, and as she pulled into the parking space, she said, never mind, never mind, God, something just opened up. Like that woman, we often fail to recognize the answer to our prayer is right in front of us. So, if we continue to ask, if we continue to search, if we continue to knock, what exactly will we receive? What will we find? What's on the other side of that door? Does that mean that if we're persistent in prayer that eventually we'll get everything that we ask for? Everything we want? No. No. What it does mean is that through prayer, we will discover the heart of God. So, at the end of his lesson on prayer, Jesus says this in verse 13, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? See, prayer isn't a magic formula. It's not a hocus-pocus thing. It's not a magic formula to get great things from God. It's about getting to know God Himself. That's at the heart of prayer, is learning the heart of God. And it's like any relationship. You know, I, I tell you a lot of times I'm 35 or 40 or something like that. Let me tell you something. This is 2022. I've got a 40-year high school graduation reunion coming up. Some of you people that have been out of school for a while, and some of you haven't learned this yet, but remember when you were in school about how the relationship that you had in school, when the time come to graduate and you all were going, we, we, will never, we will never grow apart, will we? We will always be the BFFs for all of eternity. But you know something? Life happens, doesn't it? And you go this way. And they go that way. But in the process of that, you develop other friendships throughout your lifetime there. We're going to have that 40-year reunion. And people that, that were really great friends to me, I've been to some of them before. And you know what happens when you get there? You get there for about 30 minutes. You see them. You say, hey, how you doing? What's been going on? After 30 minutes, okay, I'm ready. It's time to go home and go to bed. The key to building relationships is, was, will always be how much time 
do you spend with each other? Back in high school, you spent every day of that school year with those people. They were your best friends of all time throughout that time, but once life came and things changed and you went to school somewhere else or you went to work somewhere else, you didn't spend that much time with those people, did you? The key to building any relationship is, was, will always be how much time do you spend with that person. And on the flip side of that, lack of time seems to have the opposite effect. Time spent together is the variable. It's the variable that makes an acquaintance a friend. Just as the best part of a journey can be the getting there, the sweetest part of prayer is the offering of it. We Christ, for, we, for us Christians, prayer should be its own reward. We shouldn't measure our prayer life by the size or the scope of our accomplishments, but we should judge our prayer life by the strength of our relationship with God. The strength of our relationship to whom we're praying to. There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. There's a song that says that. There's a God-shaped hole in our lives. And when we pray, God fills that vacuum, that hole, that cavern that's in there with His Holy Spirit. And when we keep asking, and when we keep searching, and when we keep knocking, we don't just find things of God or the favor of God. We discover God Himself. Three things that Jesus teaches us from our passage today. He teaches His disciples. He teaches us and gives us a pattern, number one. Jesus gives us a parable, number two. And Jesus gives us a promise in number three. Now let me wrap this up. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Was Peter speaking to you when he pleaded, Lord, teach us how to pray? Lord, teach us how to pray. If so, you, you still have questions. We've all got questions. You still got questions. How do we know what to pray about? What to ask for? What do we do when it seems like God isn't answering us? In the next couple of weeks, we're going to address questions like this over the next couple of weeks. And I'd like to invite you to come back. I'd like to invite you to join me for the next week or two or three or whatever the Lord leads us in as we turn our faces to heaven and ask, can you hear me now? But in the meantime, as we close out our time in song here, if you've been searching for a better signal, if you feel like your prayers just aren't getting to God's ears, if you're searching for a better signal and you want to reach out to God, as we stand and sing, I want you to stand and pray right where you're at. Open your heart to God. Draw close to Him, and He will draw close to you. Never stop praying. Keep on asking Keep on searching, keep on knocking. Do you realize, is it acronym, is that what that is? When you have the letters there that do that? Do you realize ask, search, and knock is, is A-S-K, ask? Never stop praying, keep on asking, keep on searching, keep on knocking. If you'd like someone to pray with you, then come to the altar as we sing, and I promise you this, someone will be right there by your side to pray for you and to pray with you. Keep on asking, keep on searching, and keep on knocking.